chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. It's great to see so many of you on a holiday uh, period, but a weekend especially as today. We're delighted to see so many. Uh, when many are away, many are in their caravans or holidays or whatever, and the Lord bless them. But it's good to see each and every one of you have come out this evening. We're going to read from Isaiah 53, and we're just going to read a few verses from verse 4 to verse 6, please. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Let's just bow in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the goodly number you've brought out this evening. We thank you for the desire to come that you've placed in every heart. We thank you, Lord, that you're here at this drive-in, Lord, to come under the sound of thine own precious word. And so, Father, we pray that your word would have free course in every heart and in every life to every person, to every man and every woman, boy or girl. From every walk of life, we pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, your only begotten Son. We pray in his name, Father, that you, Lord, would have your word to speak to us as you deem it fit to speak unto us. And Lord, you would lift, as it were, like you did with Isaiah, a live coal from off the altar with those divine tongs, and touch my clay lips that I may rightly divide the precious word of truth, and that Christ alone would be seen and glorified. May thy blessed Holy Spirit touch our lives this very evening, quicken our hearts afresh, and anoint me with fresh oil to be able to exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If there's one here not saved, we pray, O oh God, that you would draw them to the cross and save them. Maybe one has come in backslidden in their way. We pray, Lord, you'd draw them back. May the shepherd's crook find them where they are. And, O oh God, we pray if there's another has come in weak in faith, we just strengthen them. But above all, Lord, would you help us not only to lift and exalt the Lord Jesus Christ, but would you help us, help me, even in thy word, Lord, as we preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. We pray, Father, you'd help me to be devotional around your beautiful Son, the apple of your eye, the darting of your bosom. Help me, Lord, to exalt him and lift him up we ask it for his glory, and in his name we pray, giving you thanks for everything. Amen. In the prophecy of Isaiah, or in the book of Isaiah, 
chapter 53. Because of this and other chapters, scholars call Isaiah the fourth evangelist. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in your New Testament are the four, but they call Isaiah the fourth, or, or the fourth evangelist. Pardon me, the fifth evangelist after the four evangelists. Pardon me. They call him the fifth evangelist, although he is in the Old Testament after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He brings us, as it were, a description, a descriptive text is given of Christ on the cross of Calvary. He shows us the wounds of Christ. He shows us the Father. It pleased him to bruise his Son. Imagine that. It pleased God to bruise his Son. It shows us the cross work, the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it shows us Christ 750 or so years before it even happened at Golgotha's hill. Here the Holy Ghost draws us. Here the Holy Spirit of God, He brings us right to the foot of the cross, right to Calvary. And He opens our eyes that we may behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. What splendor, what beauty, what wonder is Christ in this place. Think about it. The Holy Spirit of God showed Isaiah Calvary before it happened. Isaiah never saw it as it were in the flesh, for he died and went to his eternal rest in Christ. But he showed Christ in all his glory. We're reading about it this evening. We're talking about it. We're preaching about it. How the Holy Spirit showed Jesus before it happened approximately 750 years prior to the event. I think it's marvelous. I think it's wonderful. It shows the accuracy of the Word of God. Not just the accuracy, but the definite details of the Holy Spirit as He shows us Calvary with the markings of Christ. Tells us not only the physical sufferings, but He tells us of the sufferings of the soul of the Savior. How Christ went and He offered up His life and he offered up his very soul unto death, that he tasted death for you and for me. Isaiah, the fifth evangelist, he's shown in chapter 6. He's shown in chapter 6 the glorious Christ in heaven, the glorious Lord Jesus Christ. He begins in Isaiah 6 and 1 by saying, In the year that King Uzziah died, that was the king in Judah, Oh, King Uzziah would have protected Isaiah the prophet. He would have protected him because he was a godly king. He was a king of reformation. 
He was a king of the word of God. He was a king who beheld the glories and wonder of Yahweh. And he listened to the prophet. And listen to what he says. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphim, each one having six wings. And with twain, or with two, he did fly. And with twain, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And one cried unto the other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And so Isaiah saw the Lord Jesus Christ pre-incarnate before Bethlehem, sitting on the throne of glory. And these great seraphim, seraph gives the idea of a flickering flame. These angelic beings with six wings, covering their face from the glory of Christ, covering their feet lest he look at where they had been. And with twain, they covers their face. And with twain, they cover their feet. And with twain in service to Christ, ready to go at his bidding and command, they did fly. Here they were ready to move at the command of God. And he says, who will go for us? He knows that Israel were a nation in sin. Who will he send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And the angel took the coal from off the altar with those, those tongs, and he touched the lips of Isaiah. He saw the Christ. He was anointed with the power of God, and he went out preaching the word with power. Now this wonderful king has died. Uzziah has died. And friend, it wasn't until the earthly king died that Isaiah saw the glory of the heavenly king on the throne. Sometimes we're so transfixed with what is happening on the earth. We miss the king of glory who sitteth upon the throne in the heavens. We miss him in all his splendor. And we miss him in all his wonder. And we miss him in all his beauty because our eyes are so transfixed on earthly things. Oh, the hymn writer was right when he wrote that hymn. And he said about the throne of Christ in the heart, the greatest idol I have known. Whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. Friend, is there an idol in your heart that shouldn't be there, Christian. Have you allowed an idol that you've rested upon too long? Maybe you've used it as a crutch. Maybe you've used it as a help. Maybe you've used it as a comfort. But now it's taken over the life. And all it does, it used to be something you use for an escape from reality. 
And now you find it has overtaken your life. And Christ is no longer the king on the throne of your heart. I wonder, is there a man like that, a Christian like that? Is there a Christian woman like that tonight? Will you cry like that poet cried? The greatest idol that I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne, Lord, and worship only thee. In the year that King Uzziah died, he said, I saw also the Lord. His eyes went from earthly realms to the heavenly realm, from an earthly king to a heavenly king, from an earthly king to the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a glorious salvation does Christ give to the man and the woman. What a blessed redemption we have at the foot of the cross. Of Christ. Here in Isaiah 6. He sees all he needs to see. But Isaiah 53. He sees something greater. And I say it with reverence. And I say it with respect. To my Savior. The one who loved me. And gave himself for me. I say it with the fullness. Of respect to him. But cross of Christ. The blood of Christ. The sacrifice of Christ to me is the glory of Christ. It's the cross of Christ that makes the difference. For if he had have stayed in the throne, on the throne of Isaiah chapter 6 and never condescended to come down to become a man and to save a wretch like me, a sinner bound for hell and on the road to damnation. The broad road of destruction. If he had never left heaven's glory. To come down and tell his story. I would be lost for all eternity. Thank God he came. Thank God he went all the way to the cross. Thank God for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God. We're redeemed tonight. Thank God the work is finished. Thank God we're saved by grace through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works. Lest any man should boast. We've nothing to boast in. There's nothing to offer. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to give, friend. Nothing you can for your salvation. Are you saved tonight? Are you saved? Christian, does not the gospel when it's rehearsed in your ears. Doth not the gospel when it's rehearsed in your ears. Does it not encourage you to go on with God? I want to look at this scripture this evening. Isaiah 53 and verse 4. We have a strong Savior. A strong Savior. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. We have a smitten servant. A smitten servant. 
And in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, we have a sinner's substitute. A sinner's substitute. First of all, in verse 4, we have a strong Savior. Listen to what it says. Surely, oh, there's something definite about that, isn't there? There's no ifs or buts or maybes or don't knows. Oh, the Holy Ghost puts it into the pen of the prophet. Surely, friend, are you saved? Can you say, surely I'm saved? Notice, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Here is our strong Savior. Why? Because he bore our griefs. He's a strong Savior because he bore our griefs that we could not bear. Because he carried our sorrows. He carried the sorrows that we couldn't carry. The griefs and the sorrows of life. The sin which we had committed was laid upon the Christ of God. The Lamb of God. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is a strong Savior, our griefs, our sorrows, he bore, he carried. You know, old Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the old uh, Baptist preacher from the 1800s, there in the Elephant and Castle in London, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, he thundered out to 10,000 people every Sunday. And one Sunday he said these words, he said, sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. Nobody likes being told they're sinners. Nobody likes being told they're sinful. Nobody likes being told they're not right with God, for they like to think they are. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. I think of sometimes when you're maybe standing in a shop, some queue or going up the aisle of your supermarket. I have to admit I'm not there that often, but I've seen it. And maybe there's a mother there with one, two, maybe three children, and one of them wants something, and after the word no, well, they go into a fit. They go into a tantrum. And the tantrum gets worse to a yelling, a crying, and a screaming, and a squealing uh, until some of them are maybe on the floor, kicking and punching. And the mother is embarrassed. Starts to edge her way away from the child as if that child does not belong to me. I'm sure maybe some know what I'm talking about. I can tell you something, friend. They're saying that child's not mine. I don't know, know that child. That child is not my own. You see, friend, that child is that parent's own. They own it. The child is theirs. They can't deny it. They can try to deny, but it's theirs at the end of the day. And that's what Charles Haddon Spurgeon had likened people with their sin like. That isn't my sin, 
I'm a good person. I'm not like that. And sin is their brat that nobody wants to own. Friend, I can tell you the scriptures clearly and plainly tell us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For all of us, including this man, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, our strong Savior, he bore our sin for us. He bore our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was stronger than we were. Secondly and quickly we have the suffering, or pardon me, the smitten servant. The smitten servant. Verse 5, Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Notice, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Notice, he bore it all. He took the penalty. He paid the price. And your sin and my sin was laid upon him. He bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins might live unto righteousness. By whose stripes he were healed, says Peter. And friend, he takes it from Isaiah 53. I think it's marvelous. I think it's wonderful that Peter's looking back and said, Isaiah saw him. Isaiah pointed to him. To him give all the prophets witness. And Isaiah pointed to Christ. And Isaiah pointed him out. Now Peter, looking back, he sees the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, this is what Isaiah was speaking about. Friend, I can tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ bore your debt, paid the price of your sin. And if you reject him as your sin bearer, if you reject him as the smitten servant of God, then you're still in your sin. And you can say, I don't own it. You can say that sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. But it's yours. It's all yours. And you'll find on that day, You'll stand with yours and yours alone. <clears throat> Notice, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Notice, if you want healing tonight, if you want a healing from the inside out tonight in the soul, from a broken heart, you'll find it at the cross tonight. You'll find it at Calvary tonight. You'll find it at the foot of Jesus, at his blessed feet, and in nowhere else. I was pastoring for <clears throat> five years or more in Dublin, 
And one day I was in the church myself. And I was in the back. And a man comes walking out into the church and looking up. And as he's looking up, he catches me. And on the wall it said, he is risen. And he sees it and he runs out. So I just said, I'm running out after this boy. <clears throat> and we're right on the front of the road. And I ran out and I caught him. I says, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, leave me alone. Don't touch me. I said, okay. Are you okay? I just wanted to look. I says, you're fine. You said he is risen. I said, he is risen. He said, who is risen? I said, Christ is risen. No, can't be. He says, I'm a Jew. He says, and we don't like him. But I'll tell you who we detest more, that man, Paul. That's what he said. I said, let me take you to the prophet Isaiah. He says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. With the stripes we are healed. I says, who's he speak of? Oh, that's not in my Bible. I says, and what scroll are you using? That's in Isaiah the prophet. And he ran from me. Ran away. But he wasn't running from me. He was running from Christ. Friend, here is the scripture. Here is the word. You can drive out and you can run. You run from me. But you'll never run from Christ. He is the smitten servant of Isaiah. 53. Notice, I want to just spend a few moments around the word transgression. He was wounded for our transgression. The word wounded is, means pierced through. He was pierced hand and foot. Detail of the cross. Pierced through. Listen to 1 John. This is New Testament. Chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. What is sin? Transgressing the law of God. The moral Ten Commandments, the law of God. Oh, well, I've kept them. Have you? Have you ever lied? A little lie. What does that make you? It makes a liar of a man and woman. Have you ever stolen? Maybe something small. Maybe your boss's workplace, a phone call you didn't have permission to, to, to do. That makes you a thief. Have you ever murdered? Oh, no, not me. 
Well, maybe in your heart, Jesus said, if you're angry with your brother without cause, you're a murderer in your heart, then you're a murderer before God. Have you ever looked at someone with lust in your heart? If you're saying no, then you're not a human being. Brass tacks here. Rubber hitting the road. Jesus says you're an adulterer, an adulteress at heart. Now in that, how would you stand before him transgressing the law of God? Adulterer, murderer, thief, a liar. We can go on and on and on. That's why Christ came. You see, friend, when Adam fell, we fell. When Adam sinned, we sinned. When Adam died, we died. Our nature is Adam's nature, total depravity of the human nature. You know what that means? That means you cannot save yourself. Not one of us can save ourselves. But Christ came from that throne of Isaiah 6, came all the way from heaven, and took on the form of a man, a baby at Bethlehem. And he grew up before his father like a tender plant, like a root out of a dry ground. And he hath no form nor comeliness. That's what Isaiah writes in this chapter. Read it. Christ grown up as a man, as a boy, a teenager. Why? That he might die. That he might be wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. Your peace. You can give nothing to God. Absolutely nothing to God for your salvation. And what's in the time? I'm going to round up shortly. Notice here, the old patriarch Job writes. It's in Job 31, verse 33. And listen to what he says. If I cover my transgressions, as Adam, my hiding, by hiding mine iniquity in my bosom. Job says, if I try and cover my transgressions like Adam tried, what did Adam do when he sinned in the garden? He hid himself in the trees with Eve. He clothed them with fig leaves, aprons. You know what that meant? Man's works. And God came. He started to make excuse. Adam made excuses. He says to the Lord, the woman, it's her fault. The woman, and then he blames God, which you gave me. She made me take it. Sin is a brat that nobody wants to own. It's been a brat from Adam's day. <clears throat> Excuse me, Adam's day. Sin is a brat. The woman, 
which you gave me, she gave me. And then they blame the devil. Friend, you can't blame anyone. Because the remedy is here. The cross work has been done. Completed. Finished. And on that day you can blame none. Because Christ came and walked as a tender plant. And as a root out of a dry ground. And he hath no form nor comeliness. It was Christ who was despised. And rejected of men. Who's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He has done it for you friend. He's paid your debt. Shed his blood. Pure blood. Holy blood. Righteous blood. That should your breath leave your body this very day. God's not going to ask you. How many women or men you had in your life. He knows it. He's not going to ask you. How many times you're out drinking. He knows it. He's not going to ask you. What sort of drugs you took at the weekend. He knows it. He's not going to ask you that. What's going to be presented. Is the blood of his son. What did you do. With my son. What did you do. With my son. Did you accept him. Or reject him. See now. It lies at our feet. The smitten servant has paid our debt. And Job says, shall I hide iniquity? You know what the word iniquity is there in that tense? How can I hide my own depravity? You see, fruit, the fruit is, the sin is the fruit. Sins is the fruit. Sin is the root. Sins are the fruit. Sin is the root in every one of us. Within our nature, Sin we can't get rid of. No matter how good. What plays out. Like breaking the moral law. Commandment of God. What breaks out of that. Is the sins. The fruit of who we are. Take a car to the top of a hill. Let off the hand breaking out of gear. And it's going to go one way. And that is down. That's the nature of it. And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, and you hath he, that's the Holy Ghost, you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses in your sins, who walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the devil on us. Oh, friend, that's our lives. That's our nature, depraved. God, the Holy Ghost, came. He quickens you to say, the preacher's telling the truth. The preacher's telling the truth. This word is right. This word is real. Your heart is awakened to the gospel. Your heart is awakened 
to the Christ. Your heart yearns to be saved. Irresistible grace of God draws you by the awakening of the Spirit to the cross of Calvary. And there you find in verse 6, the substitutionary sacrifice. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Notice, the Lord hath laid on him, or the Father laid upon the Son the iniquity of us all. Or God laid upon the darling of his bosom the one he loves, the iniquity of us all. So I close with this. Thank you for your attention. Psalm 32 and verse 1 says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. I'm blessed tonight. That's not arrogance. That's assurance. It's not arrogance. It's full assurance in Christ. I'm blessed tonight. Why? Blessed is the man whose transgression, notice, his law-breaking is forgiven. The word forgiven means literally, literally taken away from him. Glenn McMurray, when you got saved, your transgressions were literally taken away from you. Your law-breaking, the law of God, the commandments of the Lord, Billy Wilson, they were taken away from you. We can go on and on. Friend of your sins and your transgressions being taken away from you. And whose sins is covered. It means that they're covered. That God no longer regards them. Covered so as God no longer regards them. I said this the other week, and I'm going to say it again. When you're under the blood of the Lamb, by faith alone, trusting in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the Scripture alone, giving glory to God alone, that was the five solas of the Reformation. That's what they lived on. That's what they went by. And glory to God, we still do. And when you're under the blood of the Lamb, friend, when you're under the blood of Christ, when you're washed in the blood, when you're covered by the blood, I said this and I'll say it again, when you're under the blood, you're in a place where the wrath of God cannot find you. You're in the place where the wrath of God cannot find you. And that day you'll say, what did you do with my son? We have went everyone to his own way. 
What way have you gone? I'm going to give you a new way. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm washed in the blood. I'm glad I'm Christ's. He rescued me. He brought me up also from an horrible pit. From the Mary Clay, set my feet upon a rock, and hath established my goings, and put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. And many shall see it, and shall fear, and shall trust in the Lord. He saved me, He washed me, He gave me a new beginning, a new life, a new going. And listen, He gave me a testimony that He's kept me, preserved me persevered in me and all of my failing sins. And he'll do the same for you if you come to him tonight. Christian, I trust you'll leave here tonight rejoicing in the knowledge of what Christ hath done for thee. May God bless his word to us. May God bless you tonight. And again, I thank you for coming on this holiday weekend.